Welcome, welcome, welcome to Besties Two Sisters. I'm Aline, and this is Jadrian, and we are happy to have you here. So, what does 20 plus years of friendship entail? Lots of drama. Drama. Lots of laughter. Definitely. Lots of love. For sure. And lots of good times. Girl. Thank you for joining us as you listen to our journey and you hear our opinion on things. We would love to have you like, subscribe, and share. Keep listening. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our podcast, Besties to Sisters. The first, literally the first ever episode. So there will be a lot of things that you guys feel like we need to fix. Um, Definitely comment. We'll do it along the way and keep it moving. Yes, indeed. But besties to sisters, I am Aline and this is... Jadrian. And we are two friends who started off in the group home together over 20, 20, 22 years ago. And we are just adulting and doing adult stuff and living life and we got some stuff that we want to talk about like for real for real so welcome and we hope that you continue to join us Mm -hmm. well tell them a little bit about yourself Aline (sighs) so there's not much to tell about me you know what you see is what you get no I'm joking wow okay (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so I will not release my age in this episode because I don't feel like I need to do it right now um but I am a mom I do have three children and we are just you know living life I'm married as well and I grew up in the New York City foster care system um lots of things happened I'm not going to get into that you guys will learn bits and pieces as we go along I just really wanted to just give a little bit, a bit about myself I am a true crime lover which is how I first started getting into podcasts um is listening to true crime if you hear me say um this will be something that we will continually <laughs> work on it's new it's new because you're doing this new thing that you've never done before and you're just in this place where you, you know, want to make sure you're doing it correctly. So, here we are. Well, well, well. Well, guys, my name is Jadrian. I also grew up in the New York City foster care system. I feel like there needs to be a documentary about that. True crime, a true crime doctor documentary about it at that because, oh, Jesus. It was anyway, a crime. Yes, it was. But I have four children. Um, one son and three daughters, and they are just so great. And I am just, you know, in a place of transition, which is kind of like almost a, a interesting place for me because being in the foster care system is all about transition, whether you like it or not. And so I feel like I'm in that space again in my life. Um, obviously not in the foster care system, but just kind of, um, family dynamic changes and, you know, trying to rediscover who I am as a mom, as a woman and just navigating the world really. So we will talk about that at some point. And the only reason why I won't release my age in this episode, because if I do, then y'all going to know how old Aline is. So... (laughs) (laughs) We'll save that 
that for another episode because we no, will tell you. Yeah, it's not a secret. I just kind of don't want to date us right now. I think that dating us will come later after, you know, the listeners, our gems, builds a relationship with us or they want to know more. So I just don't want to let my age go right now. I do believe that a lot of people who are our age are still in the same place that we're in. I think we see some of the things a little differently because of the things that we've experienced growing up, but that goes for everyone in life. So yeah. So this segment is going to be talking about friendship because what better thing to talk about which is friendship, because what we started off as was starting off as friends. So we were at a restaurant a few weeks ago, and I was like, what should we name the podcast? And I was like, we should do besties to sisters. And she was like, bitch, you ain't never been my best friend. And I looked at her, I was like, "Mm, (laughs) we wasn't best friends, though. Like, what kind of life was I living for the past 20-something years? But then she explained it to me, and I got myself together. I was like, okay, I understand. So, yes, this episode, our first ever debuted episode, is... About friendship. You ain't never never been been my my best best friend. friend. Okay? (laughs) I can't do the Cardi B. Can you do the Like, It's crazy how... Yes, my 12-year-old, she got that thing down, boy. I cannot do it. But yes, shout out to Cardi fans. I love Cardi. Yeah. Congratulations on a new baby, too. Ew. So look, tell me about um, this topic that you were talking about. You were on TikTok and... One of our favorite TikTokers. Yes. So I have a few favorite TikTokers, but one of them that I like is Dipped and Gorgeous. Um, She is a cutie patootie. She has this little blue cut, this little blue cute cut. Um, Super cute. And what drew me to her, honestly, she did one video just talking about like what, you know, who's having the adult conversations on TikTok, like asking the adult questions. And a lot of her videos are um, conversation stimulators. That's one of the reasons why I liked her. And then she also had a Pandora bracelet on. And you know I'm a Pandora fan. I'm not. We are not. Besties to Sisters is not endorsed (laughs) At all by Pandora. Not yet. (laughs) But Pandora does have a special place in my heart. Um, I started off with a Pandora bracelet for one Mother's Day. And then I got Jay one for her birthday. And then we got my 18-year-old niece, Jay's daughter one. And I just love getting the charms and adding the pieces that fit you and things like that. Pandora's a little bit pricey. Amen. Just a little bit. Like, when I see somebody with a Pandora bracelet on, I'm like, yo, sis got them coins. Yes. (laughs) Not even the fact that you probably been buying one charm every three years or so. (laughs) But, you know. It is not for the week. (laughs) Pandora is not for the week. And I can't go in. I don't think I've ever been in Pandora and purchased just one charm. Really? Have you? <laughs> no, I haven't because I've it, never been yeah. to Pandora and purchased one charm. I've never purchased less than three charms. Oh, no, yeah, no. I'm I, I can purchase less than three. So if I go in there, I'm either getting one for myself, one for you, or one for myself, and one for Naomi, or something like that. But or what I've done is I bought the bracelet and a charm. Oh, yeah, no. When I go in, I'm usually purchasing like for myself, for you. 
for Naomi. Then I'm in there looking at bracelets and I'm like, at what age is it appropriate to move another child to a charm bracelet? Because I'm ready to like, you know, upgrade, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Um, but she had on, she has a set of Pandora bracelets on and I thought that they were super cute and she was doing a live last night and I was, you know, talking to her about her bracelets just through text, like commenting on her video. I wasn't like, you know, live beaming in to her, um, video, but while she was streaming, she talked about the fact that she had an 18 year friendship that ended. And she wow. did get a little teary-eyed about the friendship ending after 18 years. That's a long time. That's like raising a child out of high school. That's a long time. That is a long it's time. It's a long um, friendship. I have so, an 18-year-old. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Which goes by fast, right? Because yes. Naomi was a baby, and then now she's an adult, and it's like, dang. You yes. know, but at the same time, 18 years is a really long time. So she did get teary-eyed about it. She said they had a trip to Mexico there was a big blow up in Mexico she didn't go into the details or anything like that but one of the questions that she raised um in the video was how does she tell her children that this friendship has ended because you know for us um African Americans for us we look at it as you know when you have a friendship that long that's family that's auntie cousin sister, uncle, somebody, it's somebody significant and it really is family. So how do you then tell your children who's established a relationship with that friend that you don't have a relationship anymore? That's sad. So pause for a moment. We do want to send Dipped and Gorgeous some love because it is a transition. Um, It is something that we, you know we sincerely like we send out our deepest to her yeah. um because it's not something easy to endure and it is a transitional period it's a period there's a grieving that i would Absolutely. assume happens Absolutely. right so there's a grieving process there's some growth there's some healing so we want to send all the good vibes out to her so definitely um, you guys like and follow her page um like her videos watch some of her stuff she truly is a gem so we love her one of our biggest people that we really um, endorse a lot. Like, we really, really stand behind her when we see her stuff. I make sure I comment, like, and share on most of her posts. Absolutely. So, I wanted to go back to your question about, well, her question, really, about um, what do you tell the kids? And I feel like... So, I honestly feel like there's a point that you're not going to tell anything to the kids. You're probably just going to be you're going to be too mad or too hurt or too whatever. So you're just going to go on with your life anyway. At some point though, depending on how old the kids are, they're going to be like, Oh, where's auntie Aline? Or where's auntie Jadrian? Or where's, you know, something like that. And at that point you, we just have to, you just have to tell them like, listen, Oh, we're not going over there anymore. You kind of, you sugarcoat it for them. Cause you don't want to bring kids into grown up business. But at some point, you just have to kind of do other things and maybe even distract them to, you know, keep them from asking and then let them just learn how to deal without that other person. Um, For older kids, sometimes it might take a conversation. It might say, hey, you know, me and auntie so-and-so fell out. I don't think we would be, you know, that's the end of our relationship and going forward this is how we need to move and then even explain to them you know how relationships end 
Yeah, I think younger kids are resilient, so the person disappears and you can kind of keep it moving. Mm-hmm. I think with old, and I think that happens in some instances, not all. Yeah. Um, the older kids, though, I think that a conversation does need to happen, and I think that this could be a teaching moment. Like we tell our children, you know, um, you have friends and you have associates, you have people that you just see, like acquaintances, things like that. So you want to be clear on people's relationships in your lives, especially now we, Jadrian and I both have teenagers. So, you know, school starts and they're like, oh, I got this friend. I got that friend. I got this friend. It's like, oh, pump your brakes. Like, right. what makes them a friend? And how do you define friends? And then where do you go from there? So I think that that is extremely important um, it's, it's an extremely important teaching moment to teach your children that you need to figure out what the context of the relationship is. And then not just that, but then there are, there are friendships that are seasonal. There are people that come in your life and they're only there for a period of time. Um, but I do also want to address the elephant in the room, which is also, 18 years and something happens, it had to be something that consistently happened or that the person grew tired of or became habitual or a habitual misunderstanding, something like that to end something that long. And then at what point do you take ownership and maybe I had something to do with it. Like I was talking to someone the other day and I was talking about how we experience trauma like when we're younger, and actually I was listening to another podcast, um, Who Killed My Mother? I can't remember the name of the woman who does it. She's an awesome um, writer, though. And I was listening to her podcast, and one of the things that she was talking about was um, her mom was abused when she was younger. She was sexually abused. So when, as like as an adult, while she was raising her daughter, the author of the podcast, she was basically saying that she realized she experienced trauma from not experiencing trauma. So every time her mother... Like, you know, she fell and she hurt her private area or something like that. Her mom would be like, what happened? Who touched you? Are you sure? Then she had to answer a whole bunch of questions. Then she was in the doctor's office, got a GYN exam extremely early. um, And it was traumatizing for her. Yeah. And now she has like what you call white coat syndrome, which is basically like that blood pressure as soon as, you know, as soon as she's in the office, blood pressure, anxiety is up there. So she's experiencing this trauma now because of what her mother experienced. So because of what I experienced when I was younger, I do what you call intentional parenting. Like I'm very in tune with how my kids feel, the decisions that I make, I super question them. And it's because I want to make sure that I that I am giving the kids a boundary or creating a boundary for them or putting a rule in place or whatever, or having a certain feeling about something, I need to make sure, is this my trauma? Is this me? Is this part of parenting? Like, where am I with this thing? Um, So really realizing, like, where we are. So part what part of it? was habitual and how did we enable that relationship were boundaries instituted or did we feel like because we were friends for so long boundaries didn't have to be instituted or maybe something happened and boundaries got broken or new boundaries were you know arose and they weren't discussed what ownership do we take of that 
So I think that um, in the beginning, most people do not effectively make their boundaries. They just don't. We have some, we have a lot of unspoken boundaries. So most people have those and, you know, they'll tell you what they are. Of The longer you know the person, you'll know what they are. Um, and then a lot of them are situational. Sometimes we don't know until the situation happens. And then we know that that's a boundary and we move forward. What tends to happen is the same thing with family. Because someone is your family, a lot of times they feel entitled to be able to do things that no one else can do. It's, it's a part of that special relationship. Agreed. So, so a lot of times our friends also feel like they have a certain thing. It's like the friends and family discount. Is there? They call it that for a reason because you treat your friends and family special that you in a way that you don't treat anyone else. So there's ownership on both sides. There's the behavior that one you probably shouldn't be having anyway. And then for for lack of a better term, for the victim, so to speak, you know, there is ownership be- because you didn't set the proper boundary or you didn't execute it when it was when the line was crossed. Mm-hmm. Um but you could look at both sides and say, well, the well, the perpetrator, right, does not. They're just going off of what they've already known, like, oh, I, I'm special, so I can cross these boundaries with you. Mm-hmm. And then on the on the other side, they're like, oh, I don't need to address this with you because you you know you're my family, so I'm enabling the behavior by letting you cross these boundaries because you're special, and so that can cause a problem because. We're all human. Mm -hmm. And as we get older, we start to come into our own and, you know, we start to feel like we start to feel more sure about ourselves and we start understanding what our boundaries are and what we're not able to deal with. And then we have to step into the next thing of communicating what that is. Mm -hmm. And if you don't effectively communicate what that is, then you can have a breakdown in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so intentional relationship, basically, friend, family, or foe, you need to express those boundaries. I'm very good with expressing boundaries with my family. I have a harder time expressing boundaries with my friends. And part of the reason why is because I cherish my friends like their family. Um, And my family, I'm distant from because of certain things that happened in my childhood. So I always feel like, oh, it's harder to have that conversation with the friend that I'm close to that's like, you know, family. But as I grow and as I get older, I start to really dig into it and say, okay, so what's not okay is this. And what's not okay is that. It's kind of like, you know, how you have an argument and then you leave and then like five hours later, you're like, I could have said this and I could have said that because <laughs> you're thinking about it. Have you ever been there? <laughs> so I have definitely been there. Not only that, though, because this is the kind of person I am. And this, um, if I have a beef with someone or like a little tiff. New York all day. <laughs> Southern all day tiff. <laughs> you don't know what you want to be today. <laughs> But so a lot of times, and the reason why I'm laughing at this is I saw a TikTok about this some days ago is I will literally 
literally practice what I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. And practice the whole thing out. Oh, the yeah. The rebuttal and everything. Oh, yeah. And then have the conversation, and then I don't say half of that stuff. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, and I didn't say this, and why I didn't address this, and oh my God. And then it just, it just brings a whole bigger thing out, you know? So, I've definitely, definitely have done that. And I feel like that, I feel like it's just a break, again, it's a breakdown in communication because usually what happens is when two people are talking, they think they are communicating correctly, Mm -hmm. but they're not. And Mm -hmm. because everyone is trying to be so, receptive to what's mm-hmm. being told to them they sometimes forget yeah my mother does this thing she writes everything down so oh, yeah you I know she'll too. write notes while she's talking and just so that she can go back to it because she'll forget and it's like you know you have to get these things out the other thing too is i think um because i do do that as well so if there is um a conversation that i need to have and it's really a matter of the heart. Yeah. I literally will sit down and write down the things that bother me and the reason why I'm having the conversation at every point that I want the person to know. Mm-hmm. And I bring it to that conversation. So that way I'm able to say, hey, when you do this, this is the way that I feel. And that's something that I've learned in therapy because... Yeah, I'm not against therapy at all. I endorse therapy. I think it's a very good thing. I think it's a healthy thing, even when you don't have something going on in your life. I think therapy is very healthy. So that was something, that was the key thing that I learned in my earlier years of therapy that stuck with me is I start to write that thing down. So here's another thing. So I do have a friendship. It wasn't an 18-year friendship, but it was an eight-year friendship. Mm-hmm. Maybe more than that. Uh, it was before I had Joy... And I didn't have joy till three years after marriage. So, and the friendship ended around the time when joy and love were maybe five and six. So I would say, yeah, eight or nine year friendship, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, And this person was a good friend. We called each other best friends. We liked some of the same things. We did a lot of things together. Um, I was going through a very extremely hard time in my life, just hard. It was extremely hard. And I will share those things with you guys later on. And this friend was doing, it seems like she was doing a lot better than me. And I looked up to her for a lot of advice and a lot of things. And then, um, I'm the kind of person when I go through something, like when I'm about to make this a life changing decision, I kind of like back away from everyone and I cut off all communication. And it's not for any, it's not for anyone but myself. Like for me, it's like I'm going to go in the zone, get myself together, and I'm going to pop back up and I'm going to be like, hey, I got it together. Now, there were times that I came to this friend before I got into that transitional place of shutting down and I was like, hey, I need your help. And it was either disregarded or she helped to a certain extent or whatever the case may be. Her family was super involved. Um, she was actually the godmother to both of my children, had been there for both of their baby dedications and everything like that. And then um, I left my first marriage and I guess in what you want to say, I don't know if she didn't agree or I don't know what happened. All I know is that... Um, I tried to keep as much contact with her 
when my life really began to get restored and I would even let the girls go with her and do all of this stuff. And then I got a phone call from another mutual friend that we had of, about this friend just trash, trashing me. Like she went to the other friend and told stories that were not true that could have potentially been harmful to my children and to my significant other, who's now my husband, could have potentially been harmful to him and could have potentially been harmful to me. If the friend really took that, if the mutual friend really took what she was saying saying to heart, heart, right? Mm -hmm. And you know me. At that point, I'm not confronting nothing. That's like your first, second, third. I mean, she had strikes with me before that. But that's like your done, the done, done, done. Like, it's no other strike from that. And I didn't have a conversation with her about it. I was, I, I, and I felt like I was doing it out of maturity. I was at the place where I'm like, I'm not going to go back and forth about what who said, she said, we said, whatever the case may be. Because, you know, when that mutual friend came to me, Um, And she was telling me what that person had said. I was like, yo, like, how she going to talk about that? And she cheated on her husband, like, on a regular basis. Like, you know? Wow. And then, so, the mutual, I didn't say, like, I had had conversations with a mutual friend about that in the past. And the reason why is because I was very much, at the time when I was going through what I was going through, I was very much rooted in the church. And she was a leader in the church ministry. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was struggling as a friend. I was like, how is she doing this to her husband? But then she's coming to me and telling me this. And then I watch her lead praise and worship every Sunday. So I was having like this internal struggle with it. And when I had the conversation with the mutual friend, I went to the mutual friend like, hey, like, tell me like if this is right. Because I'm new in my journey. Like, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, when the mutual friend, when she had brought the conversation to the mutual friend, the mutual friend was like, well, you saying all that stuff about her and you cheat on your husband. So then the, then the friend that I had felt the need to pick up the phone and be like, oh, you told so-and-so I cheated on my husband. I've never cheated on my husband. And I was like, okay, uh uh-huh. Okay. Because I was like, bruh, I could give you dates, (laughs) like accounts conversations you've had with me but I think I was at the place too where I was so happy about my healing and I was in this healing space I was like okay all right and I didn't even feel the need to be like well you told her such and such and such da, da, da. I didn't feel the need to do all of that because um I I didn't feel like I had to defend something that I knew was not me anyway, you know? So I just left it at what it was. And she'll still text me from time to time now. And I'm very like, you know how you have a conversation without having a conversation? Right. That's kind of what I do with her. So she doesn't even know. And she may know if this episode ever gets to her. And at that point, boo, if you want to have a conversation, we could. Because I'm ready for whatever. No. (laughs) Wow. Okay. That's what we doing? No. But what I'm saying is if she's ever ready to have that conversation as adults, we can have that conversation as adults. But for me, I, I felt like, and I did say this at one point to her, I felt like we had one of those friendships where I was a charity case. I was good 
because I always needed something. Mm. So it always made her, I felt that it always made her feel better about herself. And when I said it to her, she was like, do you know how many young women I mentor? I always looked at you like my sister, this and that. And I was like, that's great, fine and dandy. But the moment that I was not struggling anymore, the our relationship changed. Yeah. Period. I don't care how she says it was or whatever the case may be. The moment that I did not financially need, I wasn't dogged out. I wasn't in this broken marriage. I wasn't on somebody also crying. I was, I wasn't begging for help with my kids. I was doing it on my own. The moment that I was successful, she could not deal with my success. Because then she had no more purpose in your life. Exactly. So maybe it was, after 18 years, maybe it was one of those friendships that was like, it's, that's it. And, yeah. then, and then how do you, there's no boundary that you're talking about. <laughs> because it really just is, the season is over. Well, that could, that could definitely happen. Uh, I just, the, the way that it's ending, like, how does it just end that way? Do, are y'all not, do y'all just don't have, are y'all just growing apart? Do y'all not have anything in common I mean, anymore? so the reality of it is she had a tragedy happen in her family. And, um, the same husband, my husband, the one that she talked about and dogs when we were dating or whatever, um, we went and we supported her during that tragedy. Yeah. We showed our face. We took the children with her, with us. Um, her mom saw the children and her mom was like crying saying, oh, don't keep the babies from us. And I kind of was like, yeah, I understand. Gave her mom a hug, that kind of thing. I don't feel the need to have a conversation with her mother about what transpired between us because that's neither here nor there. And I don't feel the need again to have the conversation with the friend because I'm in a different place in my life. And then I then separated the relationship between the children. Again, my children were younger when it happened. So when they asked about their aunt, you know, I just, when they would ask about her, I would just kind of be like, you know, oh, she's here or she's there or whatever. And now that they're older, they don't ask about her, you know, and it just is what it is. So I didn't have to have that clear conversation. And there were other things that happened that like there was a summer um, where they spent a few weeks with her and then they came back and they were like, it was almost like, um, they were brainwashed a little bit, you know? And that was one of the things, like, you, when I was dating Pete, the, you know, Joy came home one time and she was like, oh, you have to be married because a man and woman is supposed to be married. Like, that's what the Bible says. And I'm like, yeah, I get that spiritually and I get that biblically and I understand that. But let's not push the agenda of you have to be married because there are single women out here loving their lives, you know? Yeah. That wasn't a conversation at the time for me to have with a six-year-old, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's a conversation I can have later on. Yeah. You know? But I felt like my children were kind of like warped a little bit because she, I felt like she was pushing this agenda like your mom needs to do this and your mom needs to do that. Mm -hmm. And that may or may not have been what happened. But when my kids came back, I had to rewire them a little bit like, uh, no. Like Love came home and threw all her My Little Ponies in the trash because she was like, it's magic and magic is witchcraft. And I was like. So your daddy and I pay good money for these My Little Ponies. And you better not throw not another one in the trash. Are you crazy? You better take them out the trash. You got me messed up. Oh, my God. Yeah, but it was like, it literally was like, oh, 
bad. It was, it was a little, it was kind of like, you know, because, J- so Jadrian and I do go to church, but we have relationship, not religion, right? And for me, I think that there's a little spiritually bound, earthly no good, like where, you know, people are so, 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 like they literally, like, live and breathe the word literally, like literal, not in the essence. If you understand what I'm saying, I, I know exactly what you mean because I've known some people like that in my, in my life. I dated a guy like that in my life, and they were messed up. <laughs> like I'm just gonna keep it real. Like they were messed up, like everyone else. And I think people often get it confused. When you are, you know, exploring your religion or your spirit spirituality, people just get it confused. And the same way you can get addicted to alcohol or any kind of drug, sometimes people get addicted to religion. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's for another episode. That is, <laughs> yeah, that literally, no, that really, really is a good one. But yeah, so we had this, so this thing just like it it was com- it was a combustible relationship. It was doomed. Don't get me wrong. Her family was a blessing in the beginning when they were there. Um, but I always felt like even in the beginning, and here, so here's where I hold accountability. I always felt inferior to her. I always felt that she was better than me, mm-hmm. not in aspects of looks, but just personal growth. You know? Yeah. But really, what she was was someone who had her own insecurities, her own self-esteem issues, and she lived outside of her means. Yeah. And, you know, but I didn't see that. What I saw was this person who I looked up to, who I glorified, who I felt like wanted to be, I wanted to be so much like her, and that I should not have done. I should have never put myself, I should have never put anyone in that place. But again, because of my trauma and because of the way I grew up, I definitely wanted a lot more out of the relationship that I did receive. Um, So I do understand why relationships can end, especially friendships, you know, that have been there for a long time. However, I do take ownership in part of that ending. And I wonder if like Dipped and Gorgeous had, you know, similar or same experience. I mean, the story is for her to tell. This episode is not really about her, but again, she's some, she's an amazing TikToker who just throws out these scenarios and these questions that are really thought provoking. Yeah. I think on the other side of that, because it just looked like, okay, so that was the one thing that happened and you noticed, you noticed that there was behaviors before that, but on the flip side of that, it literally could be one thing. Yeah. Catastrophic that. Yeah, because people have their absolutely positively not. You only got one time to try me on this, and that's you canceled. And then I got those two. And then hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes you don't even realize Mm -hmm. that you enabled this person's Mm -hmm. behavior until the thing Mm -hmm. happens. And then you're looking back at it. It's even like if you're in in a relationship with a man, Mm -hmm. and or you know, and y'all break up, and you're like, well, didn't you see the red? Didn't you see the red flags? Mm-hmm. And you're like, no. When you're in it, you're in it, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. so you don't see anything else. And and for 
you don't fall in love with your best friend, but you kind of do. So when you're in that space, yes, your soulmate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you're in that space, you don't see the stuff that other people on the outside can see. I agree with that. I also want to hit you with another thing too. Come on. With How it. many times do we have relationships in our lives or friendships in our lives that are because of the trauma that we experienced? Or how we were raised or how, you know, um, how jaded our view of people were, right? Mm-hmm. So we have those relationships. For me, in particularly, I had a lot of relationships based on the trauma that I experienced. So when I got healthy, right, when I healed, those relationships went away. And they ended for whatever reason. And those relationships ended because I'm walking in my healing now. So now they they it seems like they don't fit. It seems like those relationships don't fit because they were literally formed based on the trauma that I had experienced. So I would like to tell you that. But for me, because I don't have a lot of friends anyway, mm-hmm. I can't say that. I, so anybody that I'm no longer friends with, the last person that I like just was like, I'm not your friend anymore mm-hmm. was I was a teenager and this girl that I went to high school with had intercourse with like the love of my life. Oh yeah, she'd have been cut off. She'd have been if it was back in the day, then, she'd have been cut and no. cut off. <laughs> and then this is what she did though. This is what she did. So I ran into her one day because I hadn't seen her in a in a little while because you know the group home got you moving around or whatever, and she was we were catching up and she was like, "Girl, why you ain't tell me so and so was trash?" And I was like, "What?" And she was like, "Yeah, me and so and so blah blah blah." And I I was just looking at her like, "Are you insane?" Like, you knew how I felt about this person. So you didn't find out about it until years later. It was at least, when she told me, mm-hmm. no, when she told me, she must have done it maybe probably in the last three months or something mm-hmm. like that. And I was just like, what? And she really was confused. Like, she didn't understand that that was a boundary that mm-hmm. she shouldn't cross. Mm-hmm. So, fast forward, we both live in the same state now, different from New York City, mm-hmm. we did sit down and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, I see why you were mad at me now. And I still looked at her like, how did you not see that? It would be different if we, if I was thoughting, well, it wasn't called thoughting back in the day. But you know, if I was doing that and this was some... in high school though, not college. So... So I feel like those life lessons, those things that happen, I think that you're not even mature enough. Like, you're not at that place. Like, I get it. I get that it hurt you and that kind of stuff. And I get why, but I also get why she didn't understand (laughs) that it was a problem. Like, because she was a teenager in high school. No. Are you crazy? We, oh my gosh. Like, this was not Dawson's Creek. Like, we don't just switch partners like I'm, that. I'm just going to be quiet and let you get your healing. Because, because I feel like you still... Because like who does that? Dead. Who does 
that. I remember. I remember a, another guy friend, and he and I were really, really good friends. And of course, he fell in love with me, but he had dated my friend, and I could not. I could not date him. Okay, how old were you at that time? I was in high school, so maybe fifteen, sixteen. Okay, see, I'm. My it's not my. It's, it's not my fault that. Well, <laughs> here's, here's, here's my other problem: is that I was fifteen, sixteen. And I was dating grown men. I ain't had no business, so I didn't face those issues because I was with grown men. <laughs> Again, group home stuff, trauma, but. I was with grown men, so I didn't deal with that kind of stuff. And then it was always thinking back to it now. At 15, 16, the dudes that I dated, because they were older than me, and because I was younger, um, I like I th- I kind of feel like maybe I was a sneaky link. Like, the what? <laughs> like. So here's what we're not going to do. <laughs> we are not going to sit here <laughs> and do... <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> 2001 and 2021. Oh we're not going to do that. So we can't do that. I can't. Uh, but to answer your question, that's probably what you were? Probably. Um, Those men needed to be in jail. They and did. And <laughs> that's it. Um, They did. The trauma. That's, the for, tra- another epi- that's for another episode. Definitely though. another episode. But I feel like... I just think it's so unfortunate and I would like to think in this case and I I hate to say it like that but I hope that it was something that you put a boundary and that this person just did not excuse me respect your boundary and it was something over you know because sometimes lack of communication over something stupid Mm -hmm. could end a quote unquote a relationship Agreed. that doesn't even need to end mm-hmm. so my hope for them really is if it's something like that that they can just get past it and then if it's really something that like you cannot live that's your that's your hard stop then listen god bless you and you know y'all this is y'all season is over yeah grieve heal come <laughs> out stronger Keep it moving and form intentional friendships. Like when with new friends, you know, with new people in your life, be very intentional with the friendships. I know that both Jadri and I are super conscious about our um, besties to sisterhood. So every once in a while, we will send each other that text like, hey, I appreciate you. I thank you. Couldn't do it without you. That kind of thing. Because even in the everyday jumble of life and how we are so used to helping each other with children and things like that, um, or just jumping in for one another. Hey, I can't do this. Can you do this? That kind of thing. I think that when we, um, because we're in the everyday motion of life, we forget to stop and tell that person, Hey, I'm I'm thankful for you. I'm grateful for you. You can take the other person for granted yeah. easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, and people's communication is differently too. Where Jay will send a text and be like, "Hey, thank you" or whatever. I'd be like, "I was at Pandora and I just bought you a charm." Yeah. Again, <laughs> not endorsed by Pandora. Again, not endorsed. But those are things that we do for each other to let one another know, like, "Hey, you know." Um, we do appreciate the one or the other. The other thing too is um, being in complicated situations in friendship, right? 
because when Jay transitioned here, she had to um, stay with me for a little bit um, and get the kids acclimated. So it's her, myself, my husband, and then in between us, there's seven kids. It was a lot. <laughs> like a whole lot. It like... was a lot. It was a lot. But I think both of us, one, were committed. And I remember us sitting down and saying, this is a lot, but it's too, but it's not so much. It's not enough to throw away the friendship. Yeah. So because this is a lot, let's be intentional and let's have those conversations of when this is too much, when something is too much for you yeah. or when something is too much for me, hard boundaries on, you know, what are the yeses and what are the no's of what we can and cannot do. And again, be very intentional because we consciously went into the situation saying, we know this is not going to be easy, but nothing can happen in between us to break the friendship that we have. Right. Like, and I, and I remember her saying one time, like, these kids, nothing to break this relationship. Like, oh, we I, had to, the I <laughs> had to let them know. I had to let them know. I was like, y'all got us messed up. <laughs> yeah, she was like, we was friends before the kids got here. So if we got to rectify, because it, I, I think our kids on both sides definitely try to manipulate mm-hmm. all the adults. Absolutely. <laughs> like, all the adults. I think my husband was going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> during the time because he was like I don't really um his it was his first time being face to face with Jay um so it was like I know her but I don't really know her mm-hmm. I don't de- I definitely don't know none of these kids up <laughs> here <laughs> and I'm have to learn them real quick and figure out how to help out you know so he was definitely going crazy but it works for us because it even though it got hard it definitely gave us that space to be intentional and be like, we cannot like have this friendship destroyed because we're going through this moment. And I think that we won very well at being intentional because it actually brought us a lot closer than ever before. I think so. I think that it was, it was, first of all, it was extremely hard for me because, well, we, all three of us, the adults were in the transition mode in one way, in one shape, form or mm-hmm. another, right? For me, I was moving to a new city. I had ended a relationship that my boundaries were crossed on, and so I had to make a hard stop. And coming into a place where I had been on my own, I had my own place for the longest time, and it was weird to live with someone else other than my partner at the time and that was a hard transition and then with kids and then with four kids and then just trying to be in a space where I'm used to being I do hate this term but I will no I won't use it I'll just say assertive where I'm used to being having to be assertive and then having to adjust to that not only because I was just exhausted but it was just easy to do. So it was hard trying to just navigate that and, and, and mix with the kids. And 
It was a lot. And then so we had took, COVID too. Baby. <laughs> then COVID And I'm so tired of COVID. Yeah. And then I never stopped either. So mm-hmm. it was a, it was just a lot of transitioning going on at that time. And I think that, yeah, it was important that when, the, when certain things got hard, it was just a simple conversation or even not the easiest conversation, but yeah. that we had to have it because if not, it wasn't good. And again... I'm so dramatic. Like, for me, if it's a break, it's like, oh, it's a break. Yeah, I pick up and keep it moving, but, like, it's a it's a dramatic thing in my life. Yeah. So, it's just... I'm dramatic, like... too, though, but it transcends <laughs> differently. I think we both are very dramatic, but with her, you know, it, it's different than my kind of dramatic. So, one of the things that I did love about us having to navigate this tough time together, especially when, like... Um, COVID happens. Well, first of all, you moved from Lake Charles, and right after you moved, Lake Charles had devastation. Don't be putting my business out there like that. I'm sorry, they don't even know where you live though. Now, so just hush, girl. <laughs> so where she moved from had devastation happen, but not just that. I think the other thing that so then COVID happens, and then school was getting ready to start. We weren't ready to send the kids to school because it was new. We are three working adults, and we got seven kids, and, and we got kids ranging. Like, our kids range is crazy because we got literally daycare all the way to high school. Right. And we were trying to figure out how we were going to navigate that. And then we ended up getting a nanny, and the nanny, like, hard pushed my boundaries. Like. Oh, I seen her on TikTok you, last night. Really? I did. I seen her on TikTok last night. But so, go ahead. So the nanny that we brought in hard pushed my boundaries. And Jadrian, um, so whenever, so in, 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 in our friendship, when we have a relationship that is mutual um, and someone hard pushes my boundaries, I sometimes will be like, yo, Jay, you got to handle this one because um, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, Mar, I can't do it. I can't. I, I can't do it. <laughs> and so since I'm the, I, you know, cooler heads prevail. <laughs> <laughs> no, it ain't prevail because if she went and did something stupid again, I was like, that's it. I don't need you to handle it. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of went just like that, huh? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what we're saying about 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 boundaries, and so that's the so what you said there was really important because I think sometimes even though we have hard boundaries, because people are so close to us, mm-hmm. we give them also hard passes. Yeah, that so is true. So to execute the consequence for crossing my boundary is really important in any friendship or relationship too mm-hmm. because it teaches the person. Now, sometimes that doesn't have to be the end of the relationship, but it's like almost like a pow-pow. Like when you, like, listen, yeah. don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And agreed. then work up to the hard, the hard stop. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, poor, poor, poor nanny. She, she... <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm stumbling. I didn't stumbling. do her bad. I had to delegate her like in business. So that's what happened was she did something and I'm like, okay, so in business, this is how it's handled and this is how I'm going to handle it. And then there's nothing else for you to say. That's it. Done. Signed, sale, delivered, executed. These kids, they figure it out. They got it. They moved to the next grade. I really, really tried to save the poor girl's job, though. I did. I tried to talk to her. 
we had conversations. I'm like, listen, you know, you good. I would check on her. And then I was at work and I got a, I got a phone call from Aline and she was like, listen, she got to go today. I was like, all right, well, there's nothing yo, else I can say. Do you remember, I was ready to leave my job, yo. I was like, I was like, yo, I will leave this job right now. Like, I want her to try me. <laughs> like, and Jay was like, I'll go. You don't go to the house. I got this. I was like, check the cameras because I'm not finna do this with her. <laughs> it was, it, yeah, it was, uh, it was rough, but my heart passes my children. Like, I could tell you, like, I literally remember distinctly each person I cut off because they came off the wrong way to my children. Like, that's a hard, like, negative. You cut for real. And I will dismiss you like you never existed. Amen Walk to past that. you in the street like I never even met you. Amen to that. And I don't even have to give you a reason. I'll be like, hey, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing well, it. Well, aren't we at the age where I don't necessarily have to give you a reason nope. to cut you off? Yeah, you absolutely right. Because why? You know, that goes back to communication. Especially if I know I communicated these things mm-hmm. to you and you continuously do them, then yes. I don't have to say anything to you. We're done. It's like at will employment. It's nice Facts. if I... It's That's like, a good way. <laughs> it's like... It's nice if I give you a two-week notice. But, sweetheart, I don't have to. Because if you don't want me working here anymore, mm-hmm. you're definitely not giving me a two-week notice. Exactly. So. Period. Poo. <laughs> so, yeah. That's that's about it. But, yeah. So, um, again, Dipped and Gorgeous, we definitely send our love to you. Our hearts go yes. out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely our hearts go out to you because we know it's not a, an easy thing. Um, thank you as well um, for just being um, bright on TikTok and being, like, asking those stimulating questions they're definitely good conversation starters um for anyone who's listening and then we are um what are we doing next i don't even know what we're doing next girl so we're drop, are, we, are we gem dropping gem drop. drops hold on let me hit y'all with the sound Okay, so friendships, be careful with the friendships that you form. Be open to forming friendships after you heal or even during your healing process. And be intentional with your friendships as well. Making sure that you're having those clear communications when those boundary things do arrive. I feel like any relationship that you have, you definitely should be intentional. That's good. That's good. And I just have to say that when your boundaries are crossed and you do get to the point where you have to cut the relationship, don't feel bad because especially if you have communicated your boundaries and you've given that person a chance after chance after chance after chance and now you're to the point where you can't do it, you still have to think about your own mental health and your own well-being at the end of the day. And if that person was truly your friend, they would totally understand. Most definitely. And again, thank you guys for tuning in to Besties to Sisters. Thank you so much. And stay tuned for our next episode. And bear with us. This is a learning curve for both of us. Oh, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys.